given enough time, enough statism, enough coercion that's monopolized and worse legitimized by, by government, uh, the culture itself will start changing forming around the norms that the state has imposed upon its hapless subjects, which was more or less it was kind of getting at. So when you look at the first realm, I guess I guess in a lot of ways it is the state plus the culture and maybe even more things like the psychology of authoritarianism and so forth where it's even how people approach problems like oh there's this problem in the world let's use coercion and then you and then paper it over with a lot of flowery rhetoric and then people will get on our side and agree with us Same thing here with the second realm. Whatever second realm activities uh, people are going to participate in, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be some degree of emotional resistance and or some sort of guilt, maybe even shaming to some degree that they may feel, even if it's only internal. And I would just suggest that maybe a good prescription for that might be some form of if not counseling, at least encouragement. Let's call it encouragement, because I can't think of a better word for it. I think encouragement would be good. Like, hey, you're doing nothing wrong. If anything, you're actually doing the world a lot of good by following your own self-interest and exercising your individual autonomy. Not And, and not only that, but not only keep doing that, uh, actually, wait, hold on, do more of that. <laughs> yeah, go farther. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that emotional component being manipulated by the social conditioning is something to not ignore, but instead try and find solutions for, even if it's just encouragement from other second realm uh, traders. That uh, hey, you know, uh, you know this, you know this is these are our principles. This is why we're doing this, and we're gonna keep not only keep on keeping on, but we're gonna do more. You know, Sam Konkin kind of envisioned the different phases of an Agora society, or excuse me, of an emerging Agora society of sorts. So like, for example, he mentioned, now technically, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, technically right now we're in a low density, what he called a low density Agora society, meaning that Agoras exist at all. There may not be very many, but they're here. Um, the next one was mid-density, small condensation Agora society, and then the next one after that is a high-density, large condensation Agora society. Then, of course, after that, the winning phase, if you will, is the Agora society with statist impurities. I would suggest... I'm not thoroughly convinced. I would say it's, it's arguable that it would be either the mid-density, small condensation Agora society or the high-density, large condensation Agora society would be another way of describing a more developed second realm in some sense. So I do think there's kind of an overlap of that, where as 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 the agorists have certain areas that they essentially hmm, they essentially liberate from the state because because they're closer to being revolutionaries, although not quite. Um, that as they shall we say liberate certain areas. Um, that by default those liberated areas are kind of like a second realm almost by default or at least a potential second realm and I think that's something to kind of keep in mind so you know as as we 
as, as, as individuals gain more and more liberty just by, you know, exercising it mainly and also working in tandem with each other as, as, as they can and are willing to and so forth, I, th- I view this kind of as a win-win-win. There's basically, you know, the Agoras win by getting closer to abolishing the state through gray and black market trading by developing their Agoras networks of trade. The Venuans win by gaining a greater invulnerability to coercion that they had before. And the Second Realmers win by basically building, well, a much more effective Second Realm than they had before. So that's why I said win, win, win three ways. For most readers of this blog, the above probably is a trivial truism, nothing to talk about again. However, it is not that simple. From that cornerstone comes the key to how people should live together, since they cannot realistically escape it, nor should they, and thus the basics for what governs the second realm. In short, it is the argument for autonomy. Autonomy refers to the legitimacy and ability of single individuals making decisions for themselves, and giving themselves a moral law by which to operate. This does not mean that they will always be smart and successful in their decision-making, nor that their choices will be intellectually defendable or theologically sound for those they care. By no means. It only erects a borderline, a sphere that no other human being can justifiably ignore and trespass. The core of asserting autonomy is to see that it is the individual making choices for himself, not others choosing for him, nor he choosing for others. It is the line in the sand that says, This is where I am the only one to decide. has as a conscious radical tactic will emerge under certain conditions. 1. Psychological liberation. That is, we must realize, make real, the moments and spaces in which freedom is not only possible, but actual. We must know in what ways we are genuinely oppressed and also in what ways we are self-repressed or ensnared in a fantasy in which ideas oppress us. Work, for example, is a far more actual, far more actual source of misery for most of us than legislative politics. Alienation is far more dangerous for us than toothless, outdated, dying ideologies. Mental addiction to ideals, which in fact turn out to be more projections of our resentment and sensations of victimization, will uh, we'll never further our project. The Taz is not a harbinger of some pie-in-the-sky social utopia to which we must sacrifice our lives that uh, our lives that our children's children may breathe a bit of free air. The Taz must be the scene of our present autonomy, but it can only exist on the condition that we already know ourselves as free beings. A proxy merchant is a bridge connecting the second realm to the first realm, while keeping risks at bay. Many ways of bridge building are conceivable from people who handle exchanges between second realm money and official currencies to shopping and trading agents. We leave it, we leave it to the reader to invent his own niche. Someone speak to one other thing in this uh, in this paragraph, but uh, the yakuza forbid their members to partake in theft. Wow! So at least in this regard, the yakuza is preferable to the state. I don't know what yep. else they did. Uh, sure, there was some bad stuff there, 
but they don't they don't allow their members to steal. That's pretty uh pretty incredible, right? Well, it's definitely an improvement. Yeah, it's it's just I don't know, man. The more I've looked at organized crime, it's it's definitely lesser. You know, people talk about lesser of two evils during election. That's a false dichotomy. I think I think a better dichotomy is: Do you want government or do you want organized crime? If you had a real choice to make, just between the two, not a third option right. or anything isn't, else. Isn't that the argument against anarcho-capitalism? Is that you just have these uh, uh, yeah. these these organized criminal criminal corporations, so to speak? Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, I mean, I, you know, which one would I? Uh, you know, I, I mean, we, we we've seen the clear-cut results of the state. Uh, over the you know since the beginning of of, uh, of human human beings, uh, let's try something different. <laughs> Even though it may not be the most pre preferable. But they're also thing, but but they're uh, also but the shot. people but the people who are also saying that are are kind of also making an assumption that the organized criminal syndicates aren't you know alive and operating today even with the state around. And it's like, are you people mental? I'm sorry, have you not heard of the Komora, the Yakuza, the Triads, MS13? Oh, I almost forgot about them. Uh, let's start with the definition of tradecraft here. So tradecraft is the art of art of implementing the objectives of need to know. So that sounds a little vague, I guess. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll certainly get into that uh, more as we we get we get into some excerpts from second round book on strategy. But uh, Kyle, what are your your initial uh, I guess uh, preliminary thoughts on tradecraft? I think probably the term tradecraft the second realmers use in the book on strategy is probably the rough equivalent to what you and I understand to be security culture. Um, remember, security culture itself is concerned with the how of privacy, not the why of privacy. The assumption that security culture makes is that you either agree with or at least, even if you disagree, you at least comprehend why people value their privacy. And therefore, security culture is much more of a utilitarian thing. It's more concerned with nuts and bolts. And the goal of it is how do you make privacy happen? practically in the real world. Um, regarding tradecraft in, in the context of the Second Realm, I think it's going to be more or less synonymous. I think it's probably going to be more security culture, not security culture just broadly, but security culture as applied to essentially protect, not just protecting the Second Realm, but making the Second Realm functional in a practical utilitarian way. Um, shall we say maybe another way of def uh, a possibly defining tradecraft in this context would be, let's try this. Tradecraft is the how of the second realm, of making the second realm functional. Tips, tricks, techniques, methods. Um, uh, you know, I mean, what other words you want to use? The tradecraft is the how of the second realm. Right, right. I think another important thing to mention here is when when autonomy, when individual autonomy is infringed upon, uh, it's 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 crushing to the spirit. It really is crushing to innovation. It's crushing to, um, I guess, us as basic human beings to, to you know use a collectivist term there. Um, I'll mention it again in the launching of uh, Wayfaring Men, and this isn't a spoiler at all. It's something that's uh, that's uh, I, I think most of us, most most people listening to this podcast, and you and I call are, are well aware of, but. When people are, uh, you know, held down, uh, well, like if you look at the, the most communist and, and socialist countries, um, innovation is definitely quilled. Um, you know, if you look at some, somewhere like North Korea, 
uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of innovation there. They aren't allowed to innovate at all. And uh, therefore, you know, as it's been going around the news cycle, uh, that's why that place is kind of a shithole. It's because uh, there is no individual autonomy. There is no ability for people to use their creativity to uh, turn raw goods into producers' goods. There's, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing like that. Uh, except for kind of the black and gray markets, but uh, you know that we're talking about uh, you know small numbers there. Uh, most people you know don't. Uh, most people are you know very patriotic, and uh, you know they they want to to obey the law and such. You know those speakeasies back. I think it was in the twenties during uh, alcohol prohibition. You know, uh, you know, a lot of those places, you know, in in some ways, I guess they were, in some sense, they were Taz's too, because whenever the the bludgies would raid those speakeasies, people had to like kind of scatter out, and that was really the only form of protection. So like, early detection systems were actually rather important in in, in one ways, although they didn't have really a lot of technology relative to us in this time period. They had the kind of the idea down, and even in the second round book on strategy they kind of mentioned something like we need better early detection systems so we can evacuate everybody. So the Taz and the second realm is, is in a lot of ways more similar than not. However, you're right in saying that Taz is, as a concept is geared more towards festivities, almost a carnival atmosphere in some sense where you're, you're going there to have fun, but also trade, uh, maybe even get laid, uh, or, or maybe some other things. Um, again, if it's a free market, you know, individuals have different desires, different interests, different demands, and there's yep. different supplies of things. So, you know, some people might want to get high. Some people may, uh, may maybe even even maybe something that emulates uh, a little bit more uh, more mainstream in some ways, like playing video games or something. I don't know, or or board games. I mean, people have different people have different interests. It's extremely important to keep the two realms separate. Uh, you know, second realmers don't interfere with the first realm, keep the peace, and, uh, you know, hopefully vice versa. Uh, but uh, obviously the violence comes from, from, from the first realm, uh, if, if, if from anywhere. Um, so I think that's a, a pretty major first discussion point. Yes, and um, sorry, something you said reminded me of something that should be mentioned. There is an element of segregation here, which is important to mention. However, it also needs to be properly understood. This is not the equivalent of the statist, you know, Jim Crow laws where the state is basically forcing segregation, nor is it the allegedly opposite pendulum, but really in the same vein of coerced integration, which was the authority, the equally, equally, right? Equality is fine as long as we're all equally enslaved. Uh, the equally, uh, you know, coercive integration of the so-called anti-Jim Crow laws or whatever, or by now there's busing and, and all of that kind of stuff. No. The main thing here is all about voluntary association, right? The people who want to associate with each other will associate with each other, and the people who don't want to associate with each other won't associate with each other because, again, the baseline is individual autonomy. And some people are going to be multicultural, and other people are going to, and other individuals are going to be more uh, homogenous based on whatever uh, set of uh, characteristics, whether superficial or otherwise, is important to them. And this is something that the first realm really does not understand because they their baseline is coercion, period.
um, or at most, the second realm would be pretty much strictly a cultural thing and not much else. As opposed to, if the economies of scale were noticeably larger to varying degrees, then the second realm becomes much more of a tangible thing, a tangible reality where you really do need access control points, and then depending on how things go, you really do need the anonymized remote control defense systems, the defense weaponry, and and so forth. Not to mention uh, other types of services. The uh, you know those um, I think it was also mentioned in the book on strategy. What was it? The, the what was it? The double blind trading booths or whatever. Again, if you mm-hmm. have two people. They already know each other. I mean, they're just good friends. That we're that, that's that everything's on a personal level at that point. Um, let me put it this way: I think the second realm is more geared towards folks who aren't necessarily going to be you know best friends with each other or or close friends or family. I think the second realm is a way for like strangers to interact who have who have shared cultural values, but there's like no real family history in a sense. If you want to think of it that way, no personal histories, and things are more anonymized in some sense. Um, uh, again, whether it be digital or real world, um, I think that's probably one major distinction, as opposed to something like a Vanu Association, where I would assume pretty much everybody knows everybody else. Uh, they may not tell each other where each other's Vanu shelters are, right? Because I think there was an admonition about that, like, don't do that, right? Um, for other reasons, because uh, we want to maintain invulnerability to coercion and all that. But uh, again, you can't rat out somebody if you don't know where, where certain things are, right? <laughs> I do think there's one thing worth mentioning: um, the notion of import-export and, and the role of the proxy merchants. The agorists really don't emphasize this. Really, it's not a contradiction for them to do that kind of thing, but it's not a point of emphasis for them, right? They want to abolish state degree and black market trading. The second realmers are more similar to the Venuans, at least when it comes to import, export, and proxy merchants, because they too realize that some sort of interfacing with the mainstream culture, at least for the time being, as they're building the second realm, is 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 just, you know, uh, the nature of the beast, so to speak. And I really like that because that really kind of dovetails into what Rayo was saying back in the 60s and 70s, that there needs to be some sort of interfacing. And as the economies of scale, shall we say, upgrades or otherwise develops, then perhaps less Venuans and even Second Realmers would have to necessarily do import-export. And given the reality of division of labor, only some of them would specialize in being the proxy merchants, in facilitating actual import-export, and the rest of the Venuans and company would just be existing more or less wholesale in an ethical enclave, in a second realm, etc. And obviously, I, I would I would kind of suggest that that would kind of extend out to the Agoras notion of the counter-economy, too, that they could be in, even the Agoras would benefit from 
uh, this in some sense, where they could actually be in the counter economy more so than not because of the Venuans and the Second Realmers and so forth. So I really see these three different libertarian strategies and the adherence of these strategies as being more cooperative rather than not because they're emphasizing different things that I honestly think is more similar to a divi- uh, is more similar to labor specialization because they're emphasizing different things they can mutually reinforce each other. Thank you.